The Audacity Podcast is a proud member of the Noodle Mix Network at noodle.mx and is sponsored by me through djosephdesign.com. If you need a website design, web hosting, presentation design, maybe cover art for your podcast, please contact me. Feedback at noodle.mx and I can set you up with pretty much whatever your needs are. Website design, presentation design, print design, cover art design. I can help you start a podcast. Please contact me and let me know. I will give you 10% off your first invoice if you mention the podcast. Feedback at noodle.mx. Welcome to the Audacity to Podcast, Episode 4, Live Podcasting, Q&A. Welcome back to the Audacity to Podcast. Do you have what it takes to podcast? Do you have the Audacity to Podcast? I'm your host, Daniel Lewis, also known as The Ramen Noodle, on Twitter as The Ramen Noodle, and also the host of TheRamenNoodle.com, which is another podcast where it's seasoning packets of comedy to flavor your day. Welcome to all of our new subscribers. The number just keeps going up and up. I am excited to see that. It is really just exciting to see this podcast getting out to so many people because I look forward to helping so many people with my goal, not my personal goal, but it's my goal to help you. That is giving you the guts and teaching you the tools to podcast successfully. I want you to podcast with that pod, that passion, that organization, and that dialogue. That's the pod of podcasting. If you need more information about that, go back to episode one, which you can get at theaudacitypodcast.com slash one. That's the number one. This week's show is a little bit different from the previous shows we've done. Now, someone recently emailed me and pointed out that saying, you know, you talk about audacity all the time, but you haven't told us anything about audacity yet. And that's true. I will fix that next week. But this week's show is actually pre-recorded. It's not live, unfortunately, but it is pre-recorded and it was recorded at the time live. What you're about to hear is a session that I hosted, a panel discussion, at PodCamp Ohio, which was in Columbus earlier this year on June 19 of 2010. This is where we had this room of at podcasting at PodCamp Ohio, where we had several live podcasts within this room. We had Cliff Ravenscraft and Eric Fisher with Social Media Serenity, which you can get over at socialmediaserenity.com. Friends of mine, good friends, good guys. We also had The Ramen Noodle there doing a live show. That's me and my co-host, Jeremy. And you can hear our episodes over at theramennoodle.com, or they're also on noodle.mx, since it's all part of the Noodle Mix Network. And also, we had The iPad Show was showing and recorded there. So we had these different podcasters there podcasting live. They recorded a regular show just like they normally would, but they did it in front of a live audience and they broadcasted live to the internet. 
And we used multiple technologies to do this. And each of us had different workflows for how we preferred to do our live shows. So what we did is at the end of the day, and I mean that literally, I hate that phrase, the figurative phrase, but I mean this one literally at the literal end of the day, after these several live podcasts that we had, we had a panel that got together of the live podcasters who answered questions and explained a little bit of our equipment, of our setup, of our workflows that we used in order to make live podcasting happen. And some of the decisions behind that, like why do we live podcast and what are the websites that we use? What kind of microphones do we use? How do we mix it all live and post things so quickly up to the internet after it's recorded? All of this kind of stuff. So what you're about to hear, Cliff Ravenscraft wasn't able to join us because he had another session that the people just were desperately hungry for information. So I tried to represent Cliff's workflow a little bit when I described some of the technology that he uses that's different than what you hear from us. So you'll also hear me from here, the Noodle Mix Network, and my primary podcast, The Ramen Noodle. That's my flagship podcast, or maybe it's not anymore now that the Audacity podcast is getting so popular. Hey, everybody, Go over to theramanoodle.com and subscribe, please. It needs more subscribers now. It's getting kind of lonely being the flagship podcast. We also had some gentlemen from the iPad show, which is over at ipadshow.com or the iPad show. You can check the show notes for all of these links over at theaudacitypodcast.com slash four, the number four. We also had a gentleman there from the iPad Possibilities show, who is a guest co-host along with the iPad show. So all of these guys that come from different video podcasting backgrounds and have a different workflow in that sense, and then I'm an audio podcaster and I'm also trying to represent Cliff Ravenscraft over at podcastanswerman.com and socialmediaserenity.com and gspn.tv and all sorts of other sites you can think of that are podcasting and social media services there. We all got together and we explained everything. Then near the end, we had some questions and answers. Now, you can't hear the questions, obviously, so I tried to repeat the questions so that you'll be able to hear them in this recording. So, you'll hear a lot of web addresses mentioned in this. Don't worry. You can go ahead and try and copy them down if you want to, but if you can't, go over to theaudacitypodcast.com slash four and you can get all of those show notes. But before we get into that, I've got something cool to tell you about. The Audacity to Podcast is sponsored by Citrix. Citrix makes a cool product. Now, you're going to hear in this discussion a lot of talk about the iPad. The iPad is cool. The iPad is not a Windows computer, and it's not a Mac. What are you going to do? I've got good news for you. Citrix, makers of GoToMeeting, have come out with a new update to their products. When you have GoToMeeting, you can attend online meetings on the go at a cafe or hotel or at a conference or whatever. And it's super easy. Just download GoToMeeting app, join the sessions on your iPad, and it's working in an instant. It's an awesome way to be able to attend meetings. Hey, if you've got an iPad with 3G... That means you could attend an online meeting from anywhere, like a beach, 
or a hotel, but let's go back to the beach. Attend a meeting, online meeting from the beach on your iPad. That's pretty cool. My listeners can try out go to my go to meeting free for 30 days. For the special offer, you must visit go to meeting.com slash tech podcasts. That's go to meeting.com slash tech podcasts for your free 30 day trial. And now let's hear this discussion from PodCamp Ohio. Okay. All right. Well, we'll go ahead and get started. Thanks for joining us. And except for Cliff, which I know some of his setup, we'll talk about some of the ways that we've done live podcasts and some of the things that we found effective, found not effective, and certain workflows that we have. So you guys podcasted earlier. Yes. Yes, we did. Uh So why don't you tell us about how you've got your things set up? Well, uh, for our podcast, we do a lot. Of, we do it almost completely live, so everything is kind of our idea is we record and then as little editing as possible um, is what we shoot for because editing can take up a lot of time. Once you start digging into the audio or video file, it just you keep going and cutting and cutting and cutting. So. It's a good practice to kind of just hone your skills as a person on microphone or in front of a camera instead of trying to say, oh, we'll just fix that at the end because it it just complicates the audio file and unless you're really good at editing, it can be done badly or it's just, you can do it well and a lot of people I know like to edit everything out of their show, uh, but it's also very... It makes the production workflow a lot easier to just try and do it in one take. So you've got the iPad show, which, by the way, we didn't even introduce ourselves. Not everyone yeah. really knows. <laughs> um, I'm Daniel Lewis, also known as The Ramen Noodle. That's my primary flagship podcast. And you guys introduce yourselves. I'm Tim Chatton of the iPad Possibilities podcast. Yep, I'm Dave Buchanan of the iPad show and the Android app show, the Android tech show, the App show, the Coefficient Media Podcast. You do some shows, all right. <laughs> you do a lot, <laughs> yes. Coefficient Media. And I'm Steve Bostador from the iPad show and the App show. Cool. So, so um, Dave, do you also do video podcasts then? Yeah, so we primarily started out as an audio podcast, and we had just put up a camera to stream our podcast as we were doing it on Ustream. And that seemed to be pretty well, to work pretty well. We had 10, 20 people per show watch live, which was cool. Um, And then the audio was really what we focused on. And recently, in the past couple months, we bought a video mixer and a couple good cameras and lights and all the fancy set stuff. And we started doing video. And we're extremely surprised with that. Um, In the past couple months, we've had like over... Two and a half million downloads of the video thing, which has blown up our servers and <laughs> our listings in iTunes. So it was a big surprise to see people wanting the video so much more than the audio. Hmm, really? And so is that for which show? Is that, that you that's for the video? iPad show? Okay. Yeah, we were we were lucky enough to be producing the right show at the right time with the right name and having honed our skills with 
the other shows we'd done, it was a perfect opportunity for us to ride that into the number one spot on iTunes. Awesome. Cool. And so you mix everything real time. Like what's some of the equipment, actual models and so, equipment that you yeah. use? So we had a board that was just like this. It was a Behringer 12-channel mixer. Um, and that was good until we went to PodCamp last year and it broke. <laughs> it, it got a line hum <laughs> noise. And uh, I won't touch that one. <laughs> but we used that and it worked pretty well. But then we started doing a couple other shows where we had four people in the studio. Or we needed five microphones or something. It was We had just grown past what our board was. So we got an 18-channel Alesis digital mixer. And what was nice about that is it gives us the opportunity to record 18 channels independently. So if we do have somebody on Skype and their audio is really bad, we could cut out the spaces if we want to go in and edit. We could cut out the spaces that they're not talking in to make the audio better or just kind of make sure all the levels are better later. So that's an 18-channel Alesis digital mixer, and it's an amazing price. I mean, it's, it's still $500, but... To get an 18-channel mixer, that's the best way to, mm-hmm. to get that many channels at once. Okay. Now, from a website perspective, when you guys record a podcast live, and you're streaming live, you said. You yeah. Stream, do you have the Ustream player embedded on your site? Yeah, we have the Ustream player and chat room embedded on the site. Okay. Um, it's been a little frustrating recently with Ustream adding a bunch of different ads mm, to yeah. the live stream. So we're looking at uh, switching or doing something. We use Ustream now. I've used Livestream in the past. The one thing that's keeping us on Ustream is they have like a mobile version of it. So you can either watch in the Ustream app on your phone or you can actually click a link on our website and it streams to phones on the website, even phones that don't support Flash. Nice. And what chat room are you using? We're just using the Ustream one right now. It would be nice to have our own dedicated chat room, but uh, really the live show is only a fraction of what um, the downloaded show is. So it's nice to be able to have the involvement of the chat room in there. But the main reason that we do a live show is just for the feel of a live show. It keeps you on your toes, and it keeps the show moving. Mm -hmm. Um, we don't get bogged down on one topic for too long because we know that there's a couple people in the chat room or in the live stream. It just gives it an immediacy that we like. I often get distracted. Yeah, what? <laughs> I'll, I'll look at the chat room and someone will start talking about something and then I'll yeah. just kind of inject it into the conversation at an inappropriate time. So I have to kind yeah, of not I'm look the away. same way. I, if I look at the chat room during a live <laughs> show and I'm talking, sometimes I'll just... Just lose my train of thought when I'm talking. Right. So that's it's kind of a danger there. J1F in the chat room says you have something in your cheek, Dave. <laughs> he does? <laughs> oh, that was a joke. Or <laughs> well, someone said the stream isn't coming up properly <laughs> and it's because their laptop doesn't have the good Wi-Fi yeah. connection or something crazy. Yeah. So then... Um, Tim. Yes, Tim. Tim, yes. Tim. yeah. <laughs> forgot your name. Sorry. <laughs> oh, what do you do with your show? You've got the iPad... I- yeah, I do uh, three episodes a week. Uh, each of them has a different kind of format. The Sunday night show is a live show. And then Wednesday is kind of the studio show, like I like to call it. And then Friday is the weekly thought show, kind of a shorter length. Just a thought I have, something really quick. Um, I like to do just kind of a mixture of different formats. 
And uh, with the live show, it's at 9.30 p.m. Um, every Sunday night. And I've got a co-host, sometimes more than one. And we do that all through Ustream. And uh, a couple people show up to watch every Sunday night. Uh, more of it's through downloads, as most people have. How do you bring your co-host into the show? I use Skype uh, primarily for that. Uh, I haven't been able to figure out the video end with getting a co-host on with Ustream. So for Ustream stuff, I've got video of myself, and then I have a IPVO um, POV2 uh, webcam, which is a really great webcam. It was like 80 bucks that ha- comes with a stand that can zoom in on the iPad, so I can do really hands-on uh, things without needing to do complicated things such as video out with jailbroken iPads and stuff, and it's getting pretty good results. Yeah, the one thing, the one secret to our show where we can bring in uh, the iPads and guests from Skype is much like the audio mixer here, we just got a video mixer that does eight channels of video. It does two computer things. One of them is Skype, and then the other one is we switch um, between the iPads. Uh, So that has really helped the show. It was expensive. It's probably the most expensive piece of gear that we've bought, but... It really took the show from a, just a one camera in a dorm room kind of feel <laughs> to an actual studio feel. So, so. how much was it? It was uh, twenty or it was two twenty five hundred, twenty eight hundred. Thanks. Okay. Yeah, it's effectively <laughs> what people call a TriCaster, right? It, it's, it's like similar a tri- to one. similar to a TriCaster, but it does not have a computer built into it. So we just take the uh, the video out of that into some other stuff and it, it because the tricaster option was like three or four times more for how many channels we wanted um from did you no yeah it just usually results in those really uh bad timed uncomfortable close-ups <laughs> <laughs> usually right when we're not expecting it you know they will just flip it on me and i'm like oh <laughs> i know and one thing done. about, like, Steve has really helped out a lot because he kind of comes up with all the hacks on how to get stuff working. Like he has, <laughs> That's like, me. I come up with a hack. Like I the, come up with my duct tape and my... Exactly. <laughs> like, the, the little thing we have on the floor over here is, like, a, a VGA switcher, and that's what we use to bring in more channels of computers. And, um, yeah, it's really cool to be inventive. Sometimes I just don't want to be <laughs> hassled with it, and I'll pull out the credit card. <laughs> Which is bad. Yeah. <laughs> Very bad. And credit card fixes a lot of problems. Yeah. More than duct tape creates does. a lot more, though. Yeah. 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 <laughs> um, for my show, I don't do video podcasts. I do stream live video when I'm recording. And right now, the only show that's consistently recorded live is The Ramen Noodle. And I do that every Monday night at 8.30 Eastern Time at... No, 8 Eastern Time at theramanoodle.com slash live, or eventually it'll be noodle.mx slash live. And I use Ustream to convey the video, and then I use Chatango for the chat room, because I don't like the Ustream chat room. It just works weird, and someone could be logged into Ustream, but if they want to use your chat room on your site, they have to log into Ustream again. Yeah, which it's really weird like that. And but I'm trying to move away from Chatango, Chatango because it's Flash based, and I want mm. to be able to get away from Flash. And so I'm looking at some different things like Chatroll.com is one place. They have a 
iPad compatible chat room. It's really nice looking, but the free version only lets you have 10 people in a chat room maximum. The paid version for $9 a month lets you have 50 people in the chat room, and then there's a $19 plan that lets you have even more. And that's, at this time, that's just more than I want to spend. So I'm, for now, yeah. still looking. One uh, quick tip. I looked into, Lee Laporte kind of publishes exactly what he does, and his chat setup is, I think, completely free, and I've integrated that onto my site. Uh, I use it with the live uh, radio that's not really set up properly yet. But... Uh, so there is some free stuff, and it's IRC-based, so yeah, okay. apps That's work cool. with that and all sorts mm-hmm. of stuff. Cool. Yeah, and that might be the way to go for that. Hardware-wise, I use a Behringer Xenix 1204 mixer, and that's what I have here uh, while we're recording. I have a Heil PR40, which is the one you're actually using, oh, Dave. So nice. And these other Heil PR40s are from Cliff Ravenscraft of gspn.tv, who is supposed to be here, but <laughs> he's, he's, across still the way. he's still talking to people, so he might not join us. And I go into a mixer, and instead of recording into my computer, I do use my computer for streaming, but I no longer record into my computer because I had an episode glitch on me. The first 15 minutes of an episode were completely unusable because I have a four-year-old computer running Windows 7 with Audacity. So it's all of these conditions that were unique to me. And because of certain other stuff I was running at that time. So I decided after that that I'd buy a recorder. So I have a Zoom H4n. And what I love about the Zoom H4n is that it records in four channels. And the reason I do that, this mixer, the 1204, any of the Behringer mixers that end with four, can output four channels of audio. So this has the main mix, and then it has an alt 3-4 mix. So what I do is I have all of my microphones coming in through the main mix. And then I have my sound effects and music go in through the alternate mix. The reason I do that is I do a quick processing of my audio. I use a compressor afterward to kind of level or or even out the volume of my recordings, especially since I've got a high LPR40, nice microphone. And my co-host, Jeremy, uh, who was in the ramen noodle earlier, just has a cheapy microphone. Eventually, we'll upgrade him. So the sound levels are different, and because of the hardware is different. Is that your way of making you sound better than him? Yes, <laughs> exactly. Sometimes I think Dave tweaks up his, his level. I do. Yeah. Yeah. He, he turns up the sound yeah. awesome filter yes. on his mixer. Yeah. <laughs> I probably have And he, the, he turns uh, on the other guy mixer. for. The, <laughs> <laughs> I think he has it labeled that way on his mixer, me, the other guy. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Yeah, I probably have the easiest or simplest setup. I don't deal with mixing boards yet, and uh, they kind of scare me with all the wires and all that. So my setup's pretty simple. It's just a USB mic. Um, blue, a really cool one. Yeah, Blue Mic makes a great 100 bucks on Amazon uh, Yeti Blue Mic. It's USB, so um, it's uh, got three or four microphones inside this capsule, so you can have it set up for just podcasting mode where the front mics are turned on. And it also has open mode and interview mode. So it's got a lot of different uh, presets on how you can actually record. And you can plug your headphones directly into the mic to hear what you're recording as you're doing it. And it works well on the iPad with the camera connection kit. And I can actually record shows on here now. Um, So very simple setup and works well for me. So the reason I record in four channels is because I want to separate my voices and the audio 
the um, sound effects and music. Because when you run sound effects or music through a compressor, like a com- dynamic compressor, Levelator or Audacity has a fantastic dyma- dynamic compressor that apparently I'm the only one who uses it. It's called Chris's Dynamic Compressor. It's <laughs> fantastic. Uh, or Audition has its multiband compressor. Yeah. What it will do is if you have sound effects that fade in or fade out, a compressor will really mess that up because it hears the quiet part and it thinks, oh, I need to make that part quieter. And then when your music gets loud enough, it hits, it raises above this floor, and then the compressor will suddenly decide, this is valid audio, so I need to make this louder. So what you get is sometimes you get this in and out sort of sound, like on your sound as it's fading in, or sometimes you just get a weird jump in your audio. So I don't like to run filters on my sound effects or music, so that's why I record in four channels. And my setup on my mixer to do that is extremely complicated, sort of. <laughs> well, it is. And, but in order to get those four channels then to Ustream, mm-hmm. I just tap into the headphone jack of my Zoom H4n, and that headphone jack then has everything mixed down, back oh, down cool. to stereo. Yeah. And I run that into my computer and broadcast through Ustream. And then I play sound effects while I'm recording, and I use Pod Producer to do that, which here mm. at PodCamp Ohio, I have that up on the screen showing that I've got these different buttons I could press to play different Ooh. things and see information about my clips. And you guys, do you use iPads to do sound effects? or what? Uh, We usually don't do too many sound effects. We just play it QuickTime files off the computer. Okay. Or make yeah. them with our mouths. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and uh, my, mine's simple, too. I don't try to do sound effects during the live show. I'll add those in, in post uh, when I publish and all that kind of stuff. And then uh, if I do voicemails, this worked well. I just had my USB mic, had the iPad with the voicemail, <laughs> played it. It sounded great, and it worked well for the live show. So Nice. And one thing, we, what we do to get around the compression of the audio files is we, have, we use the effects out of our mixer and have all of our voice channels go through the effects out. We have a hardware compressor, okay. and it yeah. compresses the signal live and then it comes back into the mixer, and then we just leave the the computer out of that, or we can turn it on or off. So that's another one of those things of the credit card fixing yeah. the problem. Well, I might as well just stick my credit card in the mixer. And luckily, that one problem. that one I found at a pawn shop, so somebody no else used way. their credit card. Yeah, someone was selling a compressor limiter gate a at ra- a pawn shop. A <laughs> rack mounted two channel compressor limiter <laughs> gate. I need to find out what pawn shops are. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't know what truck that fell off of. Yeah. It was nice. I found it on the yeah. road. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> well, yep. uh, so why is it that you podcast live? Well, we, we kind of talked a little bit about that, but we like the feel of a live show so that uh, we don't get too bogged down. And it's just kind of a, a thing that we do to kind of hone our skills because we want to continually push to be better uh, entertainers or better people in general of speaking. So that's something that we try and do, and I don't know if it's succeeding for me, but... Right. Well, it's some, yeah, sometimes it helps to see also if we're falling down on a piece of technology or something, we, we, there's something that, that's at the tip of our tongue, someone in the chat room will blurt it out. Yeah. And so it's really helpful to make us sound smarter than we are. So are you guys scheduled? <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> do you, do you say every, this time yeah. every week? You're yeah. do it we aim for three thirty every Sunday. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Didn't yeah. quite work that way. And, and uh, yeah, nine thirty every night 
every Sunday night. And the reason I like to do live shows is I'm trying to build a community, and it's uh, I think a lot easier if there's a place that hey you can join me, you can even call in if you want. Um, and I do accept calls from other people on the show and all that. So it's for a sense of community is why I do it. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, I also do it live, 8 o'clock every Monday night for the ramen noodle. The others I haven't figured out when I want to schedule them. But for me, the ramen noodle is my flagship podcast. It's been around. I started it in 2007. And up until last October 2009, I had eight complete episodes in two years. Nice. What I consider complete episodes. I had these awesome. little things I called random noodle updates, which was more like an audio blog of just something random and funny that happened. Mm-hmm. But I didn't really consider that a full episode. Now that's part of my regular yeah. episodes. But I was realizing two years, eight episodes. Part of the problem was my pre-production and post-production. Back then, I entirely scripted my episodes. Oh, yeah. wow. I went for a 15-minute <laughs> episode, and it was completely scripted. Which was awesome for search engines because my entire yeah. transcript was on the page. I posted it as blog. But it was a pain to write, mm-hmm. to make funny, and <laughs> edit, and re-edit. And then as I'm performing it, recording myself, performing it to sound like I'm not just reading it. And then I'll like stumble over a word, so I have to go back. That's something I have to edit later. Or I realize, hey, I know a better way to say this. So I'll rewrite it and then re-say it. So it was a ton of pre-production and a ton of post-production. It would take me hours and hours, I think six hours, to release a 15-minute episode. Wow. wow. I, I used to, tr- in the beginning, I tried to do the audio transcriptions. I bought uh, program Mac, Mac Speech Scribe, I think, is what it was called. But I used it to actually, uh, for my monologue episodes, transcode it. And it did a pretty decent job, but I just haven't caught up with it. Nowadays, uh, it's time-consuming. There's an app for that, you know. There's that. <laughs> I know there's some podcasts. Is that Dragon Naturally Speaking? Yeah, some podcasters use the Dragon Naturally Speaking. Yeah, it's the same kind of part product. of part yeah. of the show notes. They put a link to the full transcript. But you might get some search engine hits that you may not have intended. Exactly. With yeah, <laughs> well, there's some weird stuff. <laughs> Dragon Naturally there. Speaking. Yeah. Yeah, once you train it, it's not too bad. But yeah, you could feed it through Google Voice, and you have all sorts <laughs> oh, of money. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's hilarious. Yeah. You get voicemails you know, sent to, And usually it comes in the form of a text, and someone is looking over my shoulder as I'm reading, and they're going, what? <laughs> well, <laughs> Do so what to what? <laughs> the other reason I decided to go live, because previously I was just recording when I felt like it. Commitment, When I right. get around, could put aside six hours of my day or life across several months in order to yeah. release an episode. What I realized is if this is really my flagship podcast, I'm doing a terrible job of this yeah. of podcasting. I was doing another podcast started uh, areyoujustwatching.com about a movie podcast and that has a co-host and my co-host is pretty consistent and we're consistent with releasing two episodes per month. It's not scheduled live but still we're consistent. So I decided, I was looking at people like Cliff from GSPN or Twit or NLCast or all of these people who podcast live, and I loved joining their shows. And I realized that I needed to step things up, and so I decided I would commit to podcast every week, unless there was something just beyond my control that wouldn't allow it, podcast every week, podcast live, so that added the accountability that people would be expecting me to be podcasting at that time. Mm-hmm. And also, it would force me to not do so much pre-production and post-production. So I, I've tried to optimize what my workflow so that I go just into the recorder and then 
after my computer processes stuff, which takes about 30 minutes because it's an old computer, in 30 minutes, I have an MP3 ready to upload to the site. So doing that, committing to be live and scheduled, gave my show a huge boost so that since November, Mm -hmm. after two years of having eight complete episodes, since November, today in June, I just recorded my 37th episode, which is like awesome Awesome. to me because I never thought I'd make it to 37 (laughs) at the rate I was It would have taken about, what, 42 (laughs) years? Yeah, Yeah, as far as uh, the whole commitment thing, I realized I'm... I need to make a commitment to my audience to keep putting out episodes. And part of the way of doing that is I created a premium version and an iTunes app store app that mm-hmm. I advertised, hey, I'm going to give you episodes Monday, Wednesday, and Friday if you pay for this content in any way, shape, or form. And that forces me to do three episodes at that release uh, time. And then that guarantees for the non-paid guys that you're going to get them Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday. So I think commitment is something that it's important, I think. Yeah, one thing I've seen that is really great about podcasts is people are subscribed to it. They don't need a podcast every week or whatever. That, in theory, like you don't, ha- it's not like a te- television show where you're scheduled 9 p.m. on Mondays. Mm-hmm. But people, in general, are creatures of habit and they'll get a lot more out of it. And the shows that we've had that don't have a set schedule, don't perform nearly as well as the shows we have that come out every Monday morning. Mm-hmm. Uh, those shows, the growth is faster, and we don't drop off as nearly as quick after an episode. So Yeah, people will forget about yeah. you if you just stop for a couple of weeks or months. Yeah, because you get, on a Monday morning, you get in your car for your commute, you want to be able to hear the podcast that came out. Yeah, and we're weekend. also on Stitcher and stuff, and that, that, that helps mm-hmm. out a lot when the Stitcher episodes come out. You know, we get pretty good numbers on that, and it's usually people get in their car, they're going to work on Monday, and mm-hmm. you know, if you're not released and out in Stitcher at that time, they'll listen to someone else. Is you? that through? Uh, yeah, on, what Stitcher is. Stitcher is an aggregator of podcasts online, so it's, it's an app. You can you can mm-hmm. either listen to it on on the uh, computer, or you can get an app for your iPhone or for your iPad, and it's basically radio that's stitched together podcasts mm-hmm. so you get in there you you say i like this podcast i like this podcast I, you know you select all the ones that you like and then you go to your stream and then you just select the top one and it'll just go you know yeah when the first one's done it'll go right to the next one you does know, it uh find podcasts or do you have to submit your podcast to like stitcher.com to do that you we, have to submit your podcast you do okay they, yeah they say that they try to find you but if they don't find you you got to go to them mm-hmm. um I, I went to them because yeah. we weren't on their show. It was back mm-hmm. with the app show. I went to them. It's S-T-I-T-C-H-E-R.com. <laughs> yeah, I've got the app. I wasn't sure how you get in there. Yeah, yeah. and yeah, it's it's how I consume all of my podcasts now. I, I just mm-hmm. kind of get right on there and stream it. Usually I'll stream it when I'm wanting to fall asleep. Nice. So, yeah. yeah. Cool. So, yeah, if you're on there, you definitely want to be out at a, at a specific time mm-hmm. every yeah week so that yeah, people know when to get on there for audio the commute time is real big mm-hmm. yeah so if you can get out before people before they sync their ipod or iphone in the morning yep. as long as you can get your show uploaded in your rss feed by that time it's good mm. what i found is also awesome about doing a podcast live like especially with having a chat room is that the people in the chat room get to participate 
and get to drive the content of the episode. Like I'm starting this podcast about podcast. I already started it. The Audacity to Podcast, where I talk about podcasting and Audacity and the tools of podcasting. And having a chat room during that is great because if I mention something, people might ask a question that everyone else out there listening is probably wondering that same thing too, Mm -hmm. or it can help, or they might submit a question during the show that I could, didn't even think about. And so then they're driving the content and I'm answering their question. It's a great way to connect with the community. Now for me, I've seen about five to 10% of my audience or subscribers will come. What would you say it is for you guys for a live show? Um, it, it really depends on whether we start on time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'd say maybe one percent. Uh, same here, one percent. Okay, it's yeah. yeah, pretty consistent. It's probably because you guys have a lot more subscribers than I do. Maybe, <laughs> yeah. perhaps. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. It's subscribers <laughs> with better things to do than watch us live. I think. <laughs> <laughs> I, think they, I don't think they like to. So then I record into an H4N. Cliff, since he's not here, he's still talking somewhere. <laughs> records into an Ederall R-09HR. And the difference there is he records everything just in two channels. And he only does one post-processing thing through Adobe Audition. He runs the multi-band compressor, and he has some secret sauce recipe he uses for that. Mm-hmm. And I think I've matched his secret sauce with free audacity. And <laughs> We have better secret sauce. Yeah. <laughs> Ours is spicier. <laughs> and uh, he uses pretty much the same... Well, yeah, he uses high LPR40s, converts it to stereo, converts it to MP3 with Audition or iTunes, and uploads it pretty quickly after his shows, too. And, in fact, what he's usually doing is he, every Thursday for Cliff, is live podcasting day for him. So Thursday Mm -hmm. from 8.30 in the morning until 5.30 in the evening, Cliff is live podcasting over at gspn.tv. Now, that's not every single minute of live podcasting he'll usually have a half hour or hour between each episode Mm -hmm. but what he'll sometimes be doing is he'll have his computer processing one episode while he's recording the other to his Ederal Mm -hmm. so what's awesome is by the end of the day he has a virtual assistant too that I think takes care of some of this now too Mm -hmm. by the end of the day all he does is uploads these mp3s and then his virtual assistant does the quick show notes summaries or episode summaries and then post those all for him so he's got eight episodes then posted in a day to Mm -hmm. different shows and i'm not there yet mine are a little sporadic too (laughs) yeah you're getting there tim yeah (laughs) it's hard because i want to do more podcasts but i also i I think uh with ipad show i want to make sure there's a lot of content i think three times a week's good because more is better, I think, as long as it's quality. Yeah, and one, well, yeah, and there's been a lot of, like, numbers that kind of go into how many times you should podcast a week. Mm-hmm. We only do one uh, because we kind of watch our watch the statistics, and that's kind mm-hmm. of when our downloads start to even out. Um, a lot of people do two. Uh, now, are you saying two episodes for a single show? Two or episodes. Two different shows. A week or whatever. Once a week. For a single show. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, part of the reason I did three is because I, I got addicted to podcasting once I started. I started with one and then I <laughs> added the second one. And it was like, I have nothing to do until another. I felt I got bored. So I just did a third. I mean, that's really, <laughs> I got addicted to it. Well, now, 
you guys, I'm not sure how many of you here that are with us got to see any of the live shows, but do you have any questions about the workflows that we make or how we turn around episodes quickly? And you're not going to have to get up and come to a microphone, so don't let that scare you. You can just ask the question from there, and we'll repeat it for the recording. What kind of live live processing we put our podcast through? So what hardware or what stuff are we using? Um, I don't really do any live processing. I have my USB mic. It goes directly into my Mac Mini, and that's what you get. Um, After the show's finished and it's recorded, I'll send the show through Levelator, and then in GarageBand I'll do some edits, but I don't add any. I put on the no effects in GarageBand. I don't want them to try to change my voice at all. Yeah, we use the board. We tweak the, for each of the guests, we tweak their little EQ settings. And then we have the compressor that takes out any background noise or squeaks in chairs or that, that kind of thing when it's quiet. And then keeps the signal uh, so that it doesn't blow people's ears out or the recording. And then we do actually do a little bit of compression and normalization in Adobe Audition after the show. And uh, part of the way I do the live show is um, I record myself in one channel and then the other person in the separate channel, whether it be one or two people. And then I use Audacity to split that so I have two separate tracks for me and so I can mute people if I need to. And then what I do, I want to get a compressor limiter gate so that it can reduce how much post-processing I'm doing. But right now I just pretty much I stick with the equalizer on the mixer and like my sound effects and everything, that's all just mixed real time, played from my computer into the mixer. So the most processing that I'm doing is just the equalizer for now, until I can afford a compressor. Good question. Cool. Any other questions? Yeah. So far, how important do you think it is to be delivering live video to your podcast um, audience? How important is it to deliver live video? Video or live video? I mean, video in general? Um, I don't do a bunch of live video, but I can say Leo Laporte's numbers, he was, they've gone way up even with video um, adding, and he was afraid initially they would, people would stop getting caught in some way, but they've actually gone way up, and I think you guys have similar experiences. Yeah, yeah. when we went to video, it was a massive uh, upheaval. <laughs> I mean, before we were, we were, doing all right but when we put out the video i mean it Mm -hmm. it shot right up there yeah and i was kind of surprised with leo's numbers because we're seeing about the same numbers for the video when because we our shows came out at about the same time in the video format and we've seen about the same growth so there's a lot of people out there looking for video it's almost it's weird video's weird because uh they're the audio, well, at least the way I feel, audio, you get so much more out of it, and it's so much more useful. You can listen to it while you're doing other things, while you're in the car and everything. Video is much more of a sit-down for this amount of time. You have to watch it, and you're fully that's your full thing you're doing. Um, but so many more people download it. I don't know if it's more people download it and just don't watch it, but it's 10 times more people download our video than our audio. So I wonder if that's maybe related to the fact that you have an iPad show, and so yeah. so many of your listeners are interested in video. 
because they've got the iPad the thing, to yeah. well, yeah. play it on. We've and, seen the same thing with other shows. So, oh, okay. Uh, we, I produce a couple shows for churches that do like their sermons, and it's the same thing. Okay. Um, that one, it's only five times more, but it's still there's much more emphasis put on video from download perspective. Yeah. And I think it'll only grow in importance over the next few years as mm-hmm. Google TV and other services that bring internet uh, video to television sets. That'll be huge, I think. Yeah. What's important, though, if you do video, is if you also release an audio format, unless you're just dedicated video, but if you also release an audio format, keep that in mind because one of the worst things you could do is talk about something in your video and say, this is just a really cool item, this, this uh, little pad cleaning kit here. And you can see how soft it is. Yeah. See, it comes with this bottle that's only about this big, and you can see how well it cleans. It, or you start talking about things because you're seeing it, and you know some of your viewers, or your viewers yeah, mm-hmm. are seeing it. But you're leaving out the people who are listening, like people in the car. Or what I often do to video podcasts, or like even when Cliff is live podcasting and he's got video, is I'm at work, so I'm working. I'm not watching the video while he's talking. I might, or like any of the other downloaded videos, Mm -hmm. I might glance over at them while they're playing. But I'm... I can't just sit down and watch a video podcast all the time. So I'm usually listening to something. So make sure that you get some good context in your audio recording too. Yeah. yeah mm-hmm. we, that Every once in a while, we will suffer from that too, and we'll get a comment. <laughs> yeah, like, hey, I've, you know, I've, I've noticed that when I'm listening. It's like, the, oh, you know, this is you talked about video this, and, you know, and we've yeah, actually yeah. had a couple comments where people said, well, I unsubscribed from the video, just insus- unsubscribed from the audio, audio and subscribe yeah. to the video because I can't tell what it is you guys are talking about at some point. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, we, we've got to focus more on that too. It's, it's one of those things to keep in because we're so used to doing an audio show. <laughs> And then yeah. we do a yeah. video show, and then it's like it's it's a whole it's other world. It's a tough world. problem to yeah. come across in and both video focus with you know you need good audio show too. Yeah, and, and now that we have video, I can say, hey, look at this, you know. And, <laughs> yeah, and, and even with that. like with like the just the logistics of doing a show, you have to think video is ten times more bandwidth on your server. Yeah. We do like twelve terabytes a month now. Oh, wow! Just from the video so (laughs) when we'd release an episode it would crash our server so we have to now use a dedicated video content delivery network we use blip type tv right now yeah we use blip okay yeah good question yeah what else do you guys think you can talk to us for a moment about google tv and how important you think it's going to be talk about google tv and how important we think it's going to be sure yeah well we're we're on like we're on it like hulu and we're not on Hulu. We need to get on Hulu. Yeah, we'd like to be on Hulu. <laughs> that would be nice. We're on, right. we're on TiVo and Boxy and Roku uh, right now. And that's okay. I mean, it, it goes up to like 10% of like... Yeah, we're getting a lot more from the Roku. Yeah, from Roku, uh-huh. it's like 10% of our viewers. Um, and it's, it's going to be good. And once we get on, once Google TV gets on some stuff, uh, it'll be interesting it yeah. might be good. Mm-hmm. I think it'll be. I think it'll be a, a major think, uptake. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it, it it's a it's going to be a really popular platform, and I think it's going to be really important for anybody with a video podcast to get on there as yeah. quick yeah. as you can. Yeah, and I think Apple will probably revamp their own TV, whatever. And I think Google's going to be important because they're going to bring it to the masses. I think hopefully, 
it might take a couple years. I think the version one's not going to be the runaway hit, but three version three, version four, yeah, it'll, it'll be huge. And I think uh, more and more people will stop uh, perhaps even paying for cable TV and just trying to get internet-based content on their t- television sets. Yeah, and I think one of the big things is a lot of the TVs are now coming with built-in programs. Mm-hmm. Um, so kind of trying to find what those are, uh, well, if it's... And that's what Google is trying to do, is yeah. make a platform that can be installed on TVs as a standard Android-based mm-hmm. platform that will be a, a Google TV built into every TV. Or you might be able to get a set-top box like a Roku or a separate Google TV unit. Right, and Boxy's on a few right now. Yeah, and Boxy Box is um, coming out in November, yeah. yeah. And stuff like with Netflix now available for streaming through that's like killer. the Nintendo Wii. Right. Yeah, that's killer. I that is yeah. huge for them. Yeah, I really wish that they had a podcast section on Netflix. Maybe. I really I'd be do so too. on that. I, I consume ten gigabytes <laughs> worth of Netflix on my iPad just the first month because oh. it's. I mean, the three G network's getting hammered from that. But uh, <laughs> anyways, uh, yeah, Netflix is. They understand it. They have all the content on all the devices out there pretty much, and they remember where you stop playing it, and it just picks off mm-hmm. on the other devices. It's just brilliant, and they, they get it. So, Question. What else? Got time about for um, that one more One question. thing when you're doing video, though, uh, it's, it, makes, it seems hard to go on all these different networks, but if you use something like blip.tv or uh, even TubeMogul, you can upload once and distribute to all the other places. So that helps. And they even helped us get into some of those other things. Like, uh, I think it was like, uh, there was one of the networks that we couldn't get into, and they got us in there. So Cool. Hey, yeah. Dave and uh, Steve, what, for post-video stuff, how do you do the, like, um, on-screen iPad show, and what's kind of your post-workflow uh, for video? For video, we try and do that all live, too. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. So we're trying to work on the lower thirds and that kind of stuff now. We, we don't really do that. We need to. Um, but we just use QuickTime Pro to record the video input. Mm-hmm. And then we bought this little thing that has helped out a ton. It's an Elgato H.264 HD. Oh, I've got one of those. Those are mm. awesome. Yeah, it took a, like, when we were editing the show and mixing in things, it was taking 20 hours to encode it. And it cut yeah. that down to an hour. Wow. Yeah, I've been working on some DVD projects for my dad, and several months worth of encoding have been finished in a couple weeks. They're awesome. One of the other things that you could look at is Ustream Producer is a downloadable application that you can use when you broadcast to Ustream. And their program does let you switch between a webcam, the free version of their program, lets you switch between a camera or switch between multiple cameras and your own screen. Mm Mm-hmm. But it can't do picture-in-picture. It can't do, like, a co-host feature. This is the free version I'm talking about. And it has some other limitations, like Ustream Producer doesn't let you put text on the screen or lower thirds, Mm -hmm. whereas the Ustream Broadcast Console, the web-based thing, does. But it's kind of a give-and-take sort of thing. And the hard thing about a lot of these things is, well, with Ustream Producer, we use that for quite a while, and it doesn't record to your hard drive. Oh, yeah. So you can't do a higher quality recording. You'd have to download it then from Ustream, and it's all nasty video. So So you have 
your video feed going to QuickTime as well as Ustream through yes. a mixer? Yep. Is that how it's all done? Two, okay. two separate computers. Okay. The, the analog to digital converter box that we have mm-hmm. has two FireWire ports on it. So one goes to the recording and one goes to a Ustream computer. Okay. So. All right. Any closing uh, thoughts? Mention your I'm websites. thoughtless. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, we're at the iPad or at iPadShow.com, yeah, not at the iPadShow.com. Yeah. Someone someone snaked that from us, and yeah, they're they're yeah. sitting on it. <laughs> but yeah, we're we're at iPadShow.com, and again, that's every Sunday at three thirty is when we do our live show, and then mm-hmm. Dave usually gets it out within the next day. Or, yeah. Yes, by the <laughs> next morning. And I'm at thepossibilitiesnetwork.com. And you record what times during the week? I record Sunday night, 9.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And uh, I also uh, release shows for the free feed uh, Thursday and Saturday morning around midnight. They're out. <laughs> cool. You know, you could abbreviate it to, like, TP network. I know. I, sh- I need to the do to- that. The Toilet Paper Network. But, uh, yeah, there's some <laughs> other podcasts on there. Um, let's see. TPN. The, the other, um, the Possibilities podcast was, uh, I used to do two podcasts today in success and um, kind of an inspiration today. So that's kind of an immersion of them. And uh, there's a couple other podcasts on there, but the iPad one's the most, uh, it's less, it's not as dead as the other ones right now. <laughs> and my shows, I've got multiple domains right now, but they're all going to be in part of this new thing I'm starting, Noodle Mix Network. So it's noodle.mx is my new site. And here at PodCamp Ohio, the internet hates me in that all of my sites are not accessible. Not just because of the .mx. It's, what I kind of sites I are think they? your hosting then, provider hates you. Yes. <laughs> then my site, they, I contacted them and they said, no, there's no problem. And uh-huh. I did that thing down for everyone or just of me.com. And it said, it's just you. Well, now it says, nope, it's not just you. So <laughs> i got to find a new host. You're welcome to suggest anyone you want to. I can <laughs> suggest a couple not to use. Okay, I can Once too. Once we've now. crashed. <laughs> so thank you very much for joining us. You can check us out. Oh, Twitter names. I'm twitter.com slash the ramen noodle. I'm twitter.com slash audio collective. I am T-C-H-A-T-E-N. And I am S-Bostador. It's S-B-O-S-T-E-D-O-R. Is that Spanish? S-Bostador. <laughs> <laughs> sure. <laughs> so, if that sounds, sounds, makes me sound more exotic, it's Spanish. Yeah. <laughs> so check us out online. Subscribe to us. Follow us. Stalk us. Come visit our grandchildren someday. Oh. Email us. We'll answer questions. Yeah. And I'm sure they'll appreciate and that. all of that. And join the live shows if you can. Thank you very much for coming. And we'll see you again, we hope, on the internet. Bye. Cool. <laughs> yeah. Now, I hope you found this conversation useful, and maybe your head is exploding right now from all of these technologies and all of these prices. But do remember, just because this is the way that the iPad Possibility Show, the iPad Show, or Cliff Ravenscraft with all of his shows at gspn.tv, or even I do these things, just because we get this technology, buy it, for all of this doesn't mean you have to have all the same expensive technology in order to podcast live. You can podcast live with much cheaper equipment. For that, I want to refer you to episode three, where I talked about the bare minimums for podcasting. And just combine that a little bit with what you've heard here in episode four, and you'll be good. So if you want to get all of the links 
that were mentioned here in the episode. Go to theaudacitypodcast.com slash four, the number four. And make sure that you subscribe to all of the wonderful shows that were mentioned. You've got the shows over at gspn.tv. You've got my show, The Ramen Noodle. Also, my other show, Are You Just Watching? Which each of those are at their domains, theramenoodle.com and areyoujustwatching.com. Also, subscribe to the iPad show and the iPad possibilities show. And you can get some really awesome stuff. And if you want to give me an iPad, I would definitely appreciate it. If you've got any questions or feedback, send them to feedback at noodle.mx or call in to the live listener line. Well, not live, voicemail line. I'm thinking live too much right now. That number is 859-353-4332. Follow me on twitter.com slash the ramen noodle. Now go podcast successfully. Thanks for listening. <laughs>